Today we're continuing our message series which we've called Bond Servant. If you're a servant of a master, then the master has tasks for you to do. Tasks for you to do that serve him. And so if you're a believer here this morning, what we've been talking about in this series is that each of us as believers is a bond servant or basically a slave of Jesus Christ. And as our master, Jesus has tasks for us to complete for him. In fact, those tasks are not just a little part of our life. Like Jesus says a few things for us to do, maybe come to church on Sunday morning and then we live the rest of our week for ourselves. No, as a bondservant of Jesus Christ, he has our whole life planned out. He has things for us to do every day. He has things for us to do at work. He has things for us to do at home. He has things for us to do in our neighborhoods. We have no life of our own outside of serving Jesus Christ. Now, last week we spoke of the race that Jesus has us run in this life. And if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to listen to it online. Uh, it's on our website, on Facebook, and YouTube. But this week, my message is entitled, Build the Building. How many here like to build things? Anybody like to build things? Calvin, why isn't your hand up? You like to build things. <laughs> A lot of people like to build things. Building and constructing things is something that God created us to do. People build all kinds of things. Some people actually build buildings, they build houses, they build structures, uh, architects, those type of people. Other people build companies. Some people build machines. Other people build computer programs. Other people actually build people through teaching people. And people are built up in their lives. And yet others build relationships and build families. And the list could go on and on. And when we build things, we follow the example of our creator, God himself. God is the ultimate builder. See, he created or built this entire universe. Now, he doesn't build like we build. We take materials and we build something. God spoke the universe, including our world, into existence simply by his word. And as builders, we want to build things that will last, that will stand the test of time. You don't want to build something and then have a little breeze knock it over and everything be collapsed. You want it to stand the test of time. In fact, ideally, we'd want, like to build things that will last for eternity, that will last forever. That would be the most significant things we could build, wouldn't it? Now, that narrows things down pretty fast, doesn't it? The building that we see here is not going to last forever. Any of the buildings that we see are not going to last forever, nor will the companies that we work for, nor will any of the other things that we might be building in our lives Today, though, we're going to talk about building something that will last forever. We've talked about this before. What is going to last forever? Of all the things that we look around us and see, the only things that are going to last forever are people who are connected with their creator. They are going to last forever. And the Bible calls those people believers. As believers, we're connected to our creator and we're connected to one another as part of the church. The church, therefore, is going to last forever. The Bible speaks of the church as being the bride of Christ for eternity. Our first 
verse today we're going to look at is from Ephesians chapter 2. I'd encourage you to pull out your bulletins in the middle of the white page with the outline of the scriptures written out. Verse 21 says, In him, speaking of Jesus Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so when we speak of the church, we're not speaking of this physical building that we're sitting in this morning. This is just one of the places where we meet. The church is a spiritual building. It's the place that consists of believers who are joined together with one another in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when believers are built together in a church, these verses tell us that God lives in their midst in a special way by his spirit. Every believer is not only part of the spiritual building of the church, but every believer is also given the task of building the church, the church that's going to last forever. Now, many today don't understand the importance of the church in God's plan. And so some don't bother being connected to a church at all. Others drift from church to church looking for the latest thing. But our task as bondservants of Jesus Christ is to help to build his church the church that we are fitted together in. So I'd like us to watch a short video about how each of us fits into the church. It's called, Where Do I Fit? Have you ever wondered, where do I fit? Where do I belong? Or maybe you've compared yourself to others and feel odd, peculiar, or different from everybody else. But in reality, it's our individual uniqueness combined with our unity that makes us begin to take shape and become what God desires us to be, His church, the body of Christ. You see, we need everybody, every weird and odd-shaped piece, every shade of every color, edge pieces, sky pieces, and corner pieces, Every one of them has a distinct role to play. It's easy to sometimes see others and want to be like them. But if we were all an edge piece, we would never complete God's plan. No two pieces are alike, yet we complement each other, working and serving together to fulfill God's plan. I've heard some ask, why is church so important? Does it really make a difference if I'm not there? Will anyone even notice or care? The answer is yes. When you're not here, something's missing. Without you, we are incomplete. You are a priceless part of this church. You complete us and we complete you. Together, we create a beautiful vision for God, of His church. We are glad you're here. Each one of us is part of the puzzle that God's putting together, the puzzle that he's building of the church. And not only are each one of us part of the puzzle that God is putting together, that God is building, we're also part of building that puzzle, part of building that church, fitting together with others, 
finding the pieces that are missing that need to be put into place to complete the puzzle, the church that Jesus is building. Now, today we're going to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 to better understand this task of, of building the church. First thing that God wants us to take home this morning is that you are God's building. Let's begin in verse 9. It says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Now, this book of 1 Corinthians is a letter that Paul was writing to the local church at Corinth. And in this passage, Paul is talking in the context, Paul is talking about different people who have worked on building that church at Corinth. Everyone who works to build the church here is called God's fellow worker. They're working together to construct the church, in this case, the local church in the city of Corinth. The church is called God's building. Whose building is it? God's building. The church is not owned by the people who attend or the people who are members. The church is not owned by the pastor or the leaders. Whose church is it? It's God's church. It is his building. And so we say to Life Church, or I say to Life Church this morning, you are God's building. You are God's. And we build God's building upon a foundation. Verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. And so just as a physical building has a foundation and we build a building upon that foundation, so God's church has to be built upon a solid foundation. If a building is not built upon a solid foundation and there's a little tremor or a storm blows through, the building is going to suffer damage or collapse. And in the same way, if a church is not built upon the correct foundation, it will not last. Paul here says that he laid the foundation of the church at Corinth as he planted the church. And now other workers are building upon the foundation that he laid. And so the church is taking shape. It's being constructed. Some years ago, my wife Carol and I laid the foundation for Life Church. We planted the church we were the founding pastor, and we continue to build upon it with the help of everyone here. We're building Life Church, a church of Jesus Christ, upon a solid foundation. And so the foundation of Life Church, the foundation of every true church, is Jesus Christ. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so there can only be one true foundation for any true church, and that foundation is Jesus. Now, what does it mean that the foundation of a church is Jesus? Well, it means that the church is based on faith in Jesus Christ. That's the reason the church exists. That means that the church is based on the word of God, and everything that we do here is based on God's word that he has spoken. Now, what other foundations might a church be built upon? Well, churches could be built on all kinds of foundations. Some churches might be built on the, on the personality of the pastor. And if that pastor leaves, the church collapses because they were built upon the foundation of the pastor. Other churches are built upon false doctrine, doctrine that's not in line with God's word. They're built on false foundations, not true foundations. Other churches are simply built on a social gathering of people. People like to get together and fellowship with one another. 
if they're not built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And none of these other foundations will survive for eternity. Only churches that are built on Jesus Christ are going to last forever. This week I read a report of a, a scientific test that took place in 2010. Two types of homes were constructed to understand how they would withstand a hurricane. And so in this large research uh, facility, which was the Institute of Business and Home Safety in Richburg, South Carolina, two 1,300-square-foot homes were constructed inside this research facility. The first home that was constructed was built using normal building practices. The second home that was constructed was just like the first one, except that it had special reinforcement straps which connected every part of the building and connected them to the foundation. After the homes were constructed, the researchers turned on these giant fans which produced wind gusts up to 110 miles per hour. The first test went and they turned the fans on for a few minutes and the homes, both homes stood firm. They tried it again, homes stood firm. And so they increased the time that the fans blew on the third trial. And they blew them for an extended period of time and the first house collapsed and the second house stood firm. Both homes were built on the same foundation, but the one which was tightly bound together by these reinforcement straps, which were anchored it to the foundation, was the one that survived this simulated hurricane, simulated storm. And in the same way, Life Church is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And those here whose lives are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and who are committed to one another, who are bound to one another, who are tightly bound to this foundation belief in Jesus Christ are the ones that are going to withstand the storms of life. And so be sure that you're not just attending church, but that you are anchored to the foundation of this church, that you're anchored in Jesus Christ and you're joined to one another, and that that connection is growing stronger each and every week. Because I guarantee you, as time goes on, the storms and the winds are going to get stronger. And we need to be anchored together and anchored to the foundation. Now let's talk about building on that foundation. We need to be careful how we build. Verse 12, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. Now that's just a partial sentence. We're going to finish it in a minute. But back in verse 10, we've already been warned where Apostle Paul said, be careful how you build upon this foundation of Jesus Christ. Be careful, because there's a right way to build and a wrong way to build. Now every believer's task is to help build the church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're tempted to think the people who build the church, well, they're the pastors, they're the evangelists, they're the, um, the leaders. But the Bible says that each and every believer has the task of helping to build the church. Now, we don't all have the same job, but we all have a part to play in building the church of Jesus Christ. Now, here six building materials are listed. The first three are rare. They're costly, gold, silver, and costly stones. The second three are 
much more common, they're much cheaper, wood, hay, or straw. The first three were used in the construction of the Old Testament temple. The second three, we used sometimes to construct, at least wood, we used to construct our own houses. In parts of Africa and underdeveloped countries, they use hay and straw sometimes to construct houses. But just as a hurricane will test a home's construction, God's word warns us that our work, building on that foundation, will be tested. Verse 13 continues the thought. If any man builds on the foundation using these building materials, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. So our work, every believer's work of building God's church, God's building will be tested on the day. It's speaking of the day of judgment. The day of judgment the test on the day of judgment will be by fire. And so the work of your life on God's church will be subjected to the fire of God to see what types of materials you built with. Good work will be rewarded. Verse 14, if what he has built survives, survives this test of fire, he will receive his reward. So which of these building materials the six that we've mentioned, are going to survive the test of fire? That's not a hard question. The first three, gold, silver, and, and costly stones, they're fireproof. They don't burn up in a fire. They're going to survive the test of fire. And these materials represent building with the appropriate materials, building on this foundation of Jesus Christ with the right materials. They re represent giving God our very best giving God everything that we have every day of our life to build his church. To build with gold, silver, and precious stones is to follow Jesus' example, to follow the teaching that's laid down in God's word, to build God's way, the way that he instructs us to build his church and not our own ways. And it says that those whose work stands the test of fire, who survives the test of fire, those people will be rewarded in eternity for the service they've rendered in this life to Jesus Christ. On the other hand, poor work will suffer loss. Verse 15, if it's burnt up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And so if someone builds on this foundation of Jesus Christ with wood, hay, or straw, when the fire of judgment comes, that work is going to be consumed. It's going to be burned up. It's going to not last for eternity. It's going to be a temporary work that didn't last. In other words, the person spent their life doing something that's not going to last forever. The believer, it says, will still be saved, but he will suffer loss as one barely escaping through the flames. Why? Because he's not been a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. He's not built the church appropriately. Now, how would somebody build with wood, hay, or straw? To build poorly would be to give God and his church your leftovers, your second best. It's an afterthought. Or just something you do on Sunday mornings for an hour and the rest of the week you kind of do your own thing. To put other things ahead of eternal things in life. 
To build poorly would be to try to build God's church your own way rather than the way that God outlines for us in his word. The Bible clearly teaches there are differing rewards in heaven. And those who build well will be richly rewarded. And those who build poorly will have little reward and suffer loss. That's not a good thing. So be careful how you build. In 2010, a wildfire began. It began in the Angeles National Forest in California. And there was a woman named Sigrid Hobson. She was alone in her house with her three dogs when she noticed a fire racing towards her home. And so she got on the phone and she called for help. She didn't know what to do. And two deputies got the call. They jumped into their Ford Expedition and drove across mountainous roads, treacherous, treacherous mountainous roads, and through actually flames of fire, and they ultimately got close to her cabin. And one of the deputies, John Rose, got out of the vehicle and ran towards the house, and as he ran towards the house, he heard a shot. And as he opened the door, he saw Sigrid standing there, and she had the gun pointed at her head and a dead dog at her feet. She didn't want to be burned alive. She was going to take her own life. And he said, don't shoot. And she lowered the gun and he grabbed her and took her out and put her in the vehicle. And they raced back through the flames. As they drove through the flames, two tires melted by the heat. But they kept on driving on the rims. Eventually, they got closer to the fire line. The engine seized up and the truck stopped. And they ran out of the truck and just barely managed to escape the flames. not a pleasant experience. And in the same way, you don't want to be as one just escaping the flames on Judgment Day and just barely making it by the skin of your teeth because the work of your life was burned up on Judgment Day because it wasn't built according to God's plan. And so do your part to build God's church with the very best materials Every day of your life, seek God's direction. How you can draw people to Jesus Christ. How you can fit them into the puzzle of the church so they find their place and grow together in God so that they will be part of God's church for eternity, a church that's going to last forever. For you see, the church is God's temple Verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And so the church that we're talking about, in fact, we're specifically talking about life church. There's many true churches around the world, but life church is God's temple. Now, that's incredibly important, isn't it? What's so important about God's temple? Well, God's spirit dwells in that temple in his church. It says, do, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives on you? And so God's spirit lives not just inside each individual believer. And usually people take these verses out of context and say it speaks of individual believers. Well, that's true. God's Spirit does live inside individual believers. But in context here, he's speaking of God's Spirit dwelling inside the community of believers in the church in a very special way. And as we build God's church, as God's church becomes stronger, 
as God's church becomes closer to God, the presence and power of his Holy Spirit will increase in that type of church. And where the Spirit of God is, there's joy, there's peace, there's love, there's patience, there's encouragement, there's strength, there's power, there's healing. We need more of God's Spirit living in our church. And so we need to build his church with his help stronger and stronger. What of those outside the church? Well, God will destroy those who destroy his church. Verse 17, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. And so the true church is where God himself dwells. And here God gives a stern warning that those who seek to destroy God's church will ultimately be destroyed. Unless, of course, they repent and become part of the church they were seeking to destroy, which does happen. That's what happened to Paul. He sought to destroy the church of God. But God revealed himself to Paul, and Paul repented, became a believer, and began to build the church that he once sought to destroy. And so there are, this warning is for those who seek to destroy true churches, churches that are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, as we said, there are many false churches. Some dedicated to other religions than Christianity. Some dedicated to Christianity, but not being built upon the true foundation of Jesus Christ. And these churches should be destroyed. How should they be destroyed? By simply bringing the people within to the truth of Jesus Christ. So they can become part of a church that's built upon the correct foundation. God loves the church. The true church is going to be Jesus' bride for eternity. He's working together with his servants. God is working together with his servants to build his church into everything it's destined to be. A church that's glorious, a church that's without spot or blemish, the Bible speaks of. And yet many today consider the church irrelevant, an outdated concept. They say they don't need the church, but nothing could be further from the truth because the church is God's temple, filled with God's spirit, and together the church worships God, and as we worship him, we hear from him. He speaks to us. And then we go out into the world and we continue the work of the church throughout the week. The church doesn't cease to exist. It only exists on Sunday mornings and then ceases to exist the rest of the week. The church exists wherever God's people go. And so you take, you as a representative of the church, go out into the world. You Continue the work of the church in your job, in your home, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. Our small groups are designed to be expressions of the church, and they meet outside this building. They meet in different places across St. Louis, expressions of the church, little lights that shine. Probably most of us know people who've dropped out of church or maybe never been part of a church. And as we continue our 40 days of seeking God for the city, let's lift up the names of the people that you know, those that are not connected with a church that's built upon a true foundation of Jesus Christ, and ask God to move upon their hearts, to awaken them, to put in them a sense of need of God, need to be connected with God's people 
in a church. And as we learn to build God's church with gold, silver, and costly stones, the church will be increasingly filled with the Spirit of God. More and more people will be drawn to hear from God. People's lives will be changed through the power of Jesus Christ. So let's build the building here at Life Church, the spiritual dwelling of God. Now this morning, if you're not sure you're a believer, here's how to become part of God's true church. I'm going to pray a simple prayer in a minute in which you admit that you sin, that you've done things that you know are wrong, that you've missed God's plan for your life. Secondly, that you believe that Jesus died for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could have a relationship with him and with his church. And finally, that you commit your life to him as your Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads right now. If you never prayed a prayer like that before or you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I'd encourage you to pray along with me something like this. Say, Father, today, I admit that I've, I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've not been part of your true church. I've been following my own plans and not building something that's going to last forever. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross, that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to serving you as my Savior and my Lord. I commit myself to building your church and following you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.